Hello again and welcome to the hot lap. Um, I'm still sporting my lockdown emo cut. I haven't managed to get a haircut yet, so I am apologise for looking a bit scruffy. I mean, to be perfectly honest, I always look kind of a bit scruffy, but this is like never this hairy, like not usually this hairy, usually pretty hairy, but not, not quite this hairy. Anyway. We had our race, didn't we? We had our first Formula One Grand Prix of 2020. We didn't think it was going to happen. Lots of us didn't think it was going to happen. I always kind of had it in my head that um, money situations for these teams would make it have to happen. So she was a pretty good one. And I think it's what all of us needed. I think it's what the sport needed. Um, you know, we, we've had what just seems like Global issue after social issue after global issue after global social issue, year or week after week after week, month after month. It was just nice for a couple of hours just to sit there and watch some sport. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great race. Uh, we're going to talk about that. Might as well talk about it from the beginning. But the way we do it on the hot lap, if you're new to the hot lap, is we do it driver by driver from the bottom to the top. Um, quickly, because I feel like it would be. Um, I feel like it'd be slightly out of place if I didn't mention it. I don't really want to mention it, but the uh, it was kind of the way it's kind of the way the story of the Grand Prix is being put now, isn't it? But perfectly honest, it's uh, it's got us up overtaken the narrative. Um, I'm not I, I'm not going to go into the the whole like the proper like taking of the knee thing and the the, the whole bit around it. But um, what I will talk about was like the social media after the event. Um, and I'm, I, re- I realise there'll probably be some people with, oh, that are upset with me for saying this and stuff, but people need to remember, especially when they're getting on social media and going after certain drivers and speaking to certain ones, Charles Leclerc seems to be getting the most heat from this. Um, that just because you stay stood on two legs doesn't necessarily mean you're racist. Yeah, we need, we, we need to sack this. Even the... Uh, the like Black Lives Matter as a movement, we shouldn't necessarily take the opinion that if you don't particularly care for the organisation, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're like pro racism. Yeah. So I just I, I saw there was a lot of it, a lot of it going around social media after the race. I thought it was a real shame because. Um, even now when you look at sort of the promoted adverts, or sorry, promoted articles online and stuff like that, we had a tremendous race and it just seems overshadowed. And uh, I think it's a shame. Anyway, let's go to the drivers. Um, Max Verstappen was the first driver to go out. Uh, I think he had a chance of winning the race. I think the way the Mercedes went, if his car would have carried on, um, which is obviously debatable given what happened to Albon later on um I think he'd have won the race I think he could have forced the Mercedes into driving at a pace that they weren't comfortable with because that's what that that's how we ended up with a Mercedes winning the race is because for for a large portion of that race 
they they could drive as they wanted to. Uh, I don't think Max would have allowed them to to drive how they wanted to. So yeah, it was it, for me. It was kind of it wasn't race over, obviously, because it was great. It was a great race, but you knew pretty much like, until a bit more chaos crap happened, obviously. But you felt like you knew at the time um, that it was going to be a Mercedes that won the race. And uh, I think it was a great shame, great shame for everybody. We didn't really see how his tyre strategy worked out. The um, the hard tyres seemed to work really well for people, like really well. Like Ferrari especially seemed to handle the harder tyres exceptionally well. Um, so, yeah, it was a shame Max Verstappen went out. Valiant effort from him uh, to drag that car all the way around the circuit. Uh, I think he... <laughs> He had such heart doing that. I love that sort of thing because I think many drivers in the situation he would he would have been in may, may have pulled the car over and just like thrown the helmet out or like around like frustratedly. But even, even though he was last like and the cars were going past there, he wanted back out into that race. And I, I respect that. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, Daniel Ricciardo was the second DNF. We've got a few DNFs here. Uh, I believe that was gearbox as well. It was either gearbox or engine related, wasn't it? Basically, I mean, all these DNFs are car killer times, aren't they? You know, it's it's just they 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 haven't really got any. Uh, well, they do now, um, but they didn't really have any sort of benchmark of where the weak points of the cars are because they've just done like winter testing and then nothing for months. Uh, so what we have now is all of the cars going to like probably the most brutal track on the calendar for the chassis, and they like problems were exposed fast. Uh, so it was a shame for Daniel Ricciardo; he'd outqualified the car. I think he had like really um, put Esteban Ocon in the shade. Like he'd really, re- really did him over, didn't he? Um, as anyone that listens to Three Legs, Four Wheels or the Hot Lap for a long time, you will know that I am not the greatest fan of Esteban Ocon and I don't believe he was good enough in the first... I, I, I think he was good enough in the first place to be in Formula One, but I think he was good enough to sort of maybe struggle for his seat. Kind of like sometimes where you see Max Verstappen... Not Max Verstappen. Uh, God, Lord. Uh, Kevin Magnussen. Where you sometimes like he had a good race this weekend until problems... But, um, yeah, I don't think anyone's ever going to accuse Mac, um, Kevin Magnussen of almost winning a world championship. Same with Esteban Oka. Uh I keep saying his surname weird. I'm sorry, probably annoys you. Uh, so, yeah, Daniel, Daniel Ricciardo did well. It'll be interesting to see what happens to Ocon because he is... Uh, He's he's up against like world champion elect, isn't he? You know, it's I think Daniel Ricciardo is in that same sort of group of drivers like a Jensen Button uh, was until he got his brawn. Where you you always think if that driver gets given a car that's capable of winning a world championship, he can probably get the job done. Uh, I think Daniel is very much in that camp, and he must be feeling pretty happy with himself as well when he looks at where he is and where McLaren were. Um, I think he'd be feeling pretty happy about his 2021 choices, or 2021 and and going forwards. I'm not sure Carlos Sainz is going to feel the same. Um, Lance Stroll. Lance Stroll, I've no idea what happened to him. I know he pulled into the garage. I believe it was engine-related because he didn't seem to lose his brakes like some of the others did. 
Um, and I do, I can't remember any sort of massive gearbox problems for him, but real shame for Racing Point because they've obviously got a good car. Uh, the, again, he was kind of rapid at points in qualifying. Um, come the race, I think he kind of got exposed a little bit again by his teammate. Uh, who knows? Let's be honest. If you didn't have him in the car, they'd have been higher up. You know, both cars would have been up there with uh, Sergio Perez. And Sergio Perez is a fine driver. There's nothing wrong with Sergio Perez being in that car at all. But you could definitely find a better driver than Sergio Perez. So, you know, it's your if you could plug somebody else into that team, the next car would either be up there with Perez or higher up. One of the two. Um, Kevin Magnussen was the next to go out. That was obviously a brake issue because he just went sailing straight on, didn't he? Isn't it a good job that he didn't, um, that like somebody wasn't trying to overtake around the outside of him like later on? You know, if, uh, if, if someone, if that car had made that corner, he decided to do that, that move a little bit later on, uh, and he just speared into the side of somebody. But yeah, brake problems, it would appear for Haas. Um, Haas seem, uh, they're not as bad as they were last year. They don't seem to have the tyre issues they had last year. But now they've just kind of got a crap car. So mm, it's not ideal, is it? Not ideal for Haas, but at least they're still on the grid. Um, and I hope they're still going to be on the grid next year. Um, I don't think they'll be on the grid with both drivers, however. Still going on to talk about Haas, though. Uh, Roman Grosjean break problem again but he had loads of issues didn't he i believe he was given a black and white flag for like racing etiquette at one point which i think was cutting the circuit but given it was brakes that were his issue i take it that that was a brake related thing as well why he kept cutting certain corners and stuff maybe i don't know they were slow they um obviously they, they were ahead or bouncing around with the williams at the time i think grosjean was behind uh, George Russell when he went out, but yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a real shame, a, a real shame for Haas again. But they they wouldn't have scored any points. They weren't they they didn't look dangerous for scoring points. I think it's going to be another struggle of a season for them. Um, and realistically, the only thing that's saving their embarrassments at the moment is the fact that Williams are doing so badly. Um, speaking of Williams, George Russell was the next DNF. I'm not sure what happened to George. Sort of The car just seemed to conk out, didn't it? But I think, for, if I remember rightly, because obviously the race was yesterday, I'm recording this on Monday, um, I, I'm convinced it was like a transmission problem. It sounded like transmission, if I, if I remember rightly. It didn't sound like a gearbox problem. Um, or like like we heard from some of the other cars, it. But I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully, what was ever was wrong with it was salvageable. Um, George had a great race. Um, I had money on him to get a point as well. He was twelfth when he went out. When you think of the other, when, when you think of the other retirements that happened in front of him, I think he had a real chance of scraping a point somewhere. Uh, I do think he'll score a point this year. Like it's. Um, this is, I mean, obviously, although it's a high-speed circuit, the the straights aren't particularly long, so it's not like a full-on engine circuit, which is why we've seen sort of like the likes of Red Bull uh, perform so well there. Um, I'm I'm interested to see what. Uh, what he can do over the course of the season. Um, unfortunately for him, like a thing like Monaco would have probably been the 
the, like the best chance for him to score some serious points. Uh, Monaco isn't happening, so that's a bit of a shame. But we'll have to see. Going to Hungary, Hungary might be a good one for Williams. That might be if you're going to go and stick your five pounds or five dollars or fifty cents on uh, um, George Russell to score a point. Like that would be my my little tip. I love I love a racing bet. Um, I'll tell you about one I almost put on and I was supposed to put on and I meant to put on and I thought about and I didn't do it. I'm really upset. I'll tell you about that one later on. Uh, Kimi Raikkonen, like literally the wheels came off the wagon. I saw a hilarious tweet that suggested that because he didn't take the knee as carded and it made me laugh. Um, yeah, it, it, again, it, it, Kimmy was doing better, wasn't he? He was doing better than his teammate. He was, I think he was up in the points when this happened. He was up or around the points. Um, Alfa Romeo don't seem to have built a particularly good car this year. Uh, I think that's a bit of a shame for them. But yeah, that's another, another, um, I don't know why I stopped talking. Another reason there, like for, for Kimmy kind of, I, I think to be, to be looking at hanging his helmet up at the at the end of the year, um, I don't I don't think he's gonna he's gonna carry on in Formula One too much longer. And if he gets given a dog of a car, even over the short season that we're in, I I can't I can't see him hanging around, which is a shame. We need Kimi Raikkonen because, um, I mean some of the like some of the young guys that are there that have got character, but no one's quite got the Kimi character, have they? I don't think anyone's been in Formula One has had the Kimi character. So yeah, I'll, Kimmy will be missed. I think when he's gone, I think Kimmy will be missed more than some people think he will be. Thirteenth and last, wow, Esteban uh, Esteban Ocon. No, not Esteban Ocon. Alexander Albon. Um, I'm interested to know what you guys think of that move. I am kind of like this is the one where I I constantly like if if I criticize Lewis Hamilton I get told that um, I just hate Lewis Hamilton then if I say good things about him I say people say I'm like a Hamilton fanboy I've never been a Hamilton fan I don't dislike him I want him to do well I want him to win the world championships I've said this for years I am a sport racist I support British drivers and uh uh, I I want him to beat Schumacher's record. I I think he's going to retire the greatest driver in the history of Formula One. Um, but who this incident, right? I, I think you could see it. I don't understand, right? My my issue is like Al, uh, Alexander Albon turned around and said um, it was up to Hamilton if they crashed, and that's the bit I don't quite believe because. As they come, as he came round the outside, um, they were very close, very, 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 very close. Alex could, I couldn't sort of give him more space because he was on the edge anyway. Um, Lewis was behind, so right, the, the car's there. Like Alex had the job done. That's what I take. That's where I take. Lewis is still turning right, and um, he's not. He hasn't meant to do anything. He didn't turn into him. He didn't. He, if if he'd have backed off and like, if, if anyone racing, please tell me if I'm wrong about this because I this is what I think of it anyway. I don't believe if he'd have backed out of that because they were they were at the point around the, uh, coming around the corner where they were accelerating through it. 
if he'd have backed out of it, I think he'd have understeered more, if you get me. I think he'd have understeered into him if he backed out. I think he had to keep going as he was. So at that point, I don't believe there was anything Lewis Hamilton could do to stop that accident. Uh, I do think um, Albon maybe should... Cause it's such a tricky place to overtake anyway. That's uh, that corner. I can't. It's if you, there's no real room to go on the inside there unless you're like right, right next to people. You know, you you kind of need to get the job done on the straights and get your car in there because it's so easy to block it. Uh, if you go around the outside, then you're always going to get hung out to dry. Like, um, I I think if. Uh, if it would have been another driver and not Lewis Hamilton fight for a world championship, if, if it would have been like a Haas and a Renault further down the grid, which are literally just fighting for positions, I think he'd have just got run out of road. I think the reason he got as much circuit as he did is because Lewis didn't want to have a crash. So, you know, it's a, but because I first, when I saw that hit, I thought both those cars are out. That is like both of those cars are coming round. And Lewis managed to keep going, uh, going around the corner. Um, so yeah, I think it was a racing incident. I don't think it was worth five second penalty. I think the five second penalty was harsh. I think when you saw Lewis in the interviews afterwards, I think he took it well. He took his unjust penalty better than Albon took his racing incident. So yeah, uh, shame for Albon. I think he'd have won the race if it wasn't for the breakdown that happened later on. Um, because obviously, like that, he's classified here. But as we know, he's his car conked out on him. Um, but without the car conking out, I think he'd win the race. I think he would. I think he'd have if he'd have left it to get round Hamilton, maybe into turn turn one or um into the like the last turn. If he could, if he could have got him there, um, the other thing was the if he'd have just stuck behind him for that lap. DRS was so powerful on that circuit. I think he could have got him on the next lap with DRS. So it was just a bit of impatience, I think. I think it was the same as when in Brazil, you know, the Albon is desperate, isn't he? He's desperate to get on the podium. He's desperate to do well. You can really, you can really see it in his eyes. I think it's the fact that he kind of come back into Formula One through the back door where people thought he, you know, because he was dropped from the Red Bull program and they brought him back in and he did really well in Toro Rosso and then he ended up in the, big boy team um i think he's desperate to prove himself and desperate to prove him prove he should be there that being said max nailed him all weekend nailed him to the absolute post um and i i i can't help think that he needs to up himself to keep that drive because i don't think red bull want um they don't they don't want like a slow massa uh, for um, for Max, I think they want somebody like they want someone that's going to be right there. And if you've got, you should always be qualifying with your teammate, unless Max is just like properly outperforming the car, which is possible. But um, yeah, I can't help think that he should have been closer, a little bit closer. Uh, who else have we got here? Uh, Daniel Kvyat was uh, was twelfth. Alpha Tauri seemed... I can't remember what happened to him because they seemed to be running reasonably well for a while. Uh, so I have no idea what happened to Kvyat. They seemed to have such a quiet race. that They had a quiet, sort of non-eventful full race. Um, it's... I, I can't help think that Toro Rosso is slowly becoming... Um, 
like a surplus to requirements because they can't they can't filter enough through drivers through the main team not like i mean even max verstappen didn't come through the red bull driver program so they've hired outside the red bull program to get him in um even though he sort of looked at as a red bull driver they bought him into the um into the program so alexander alban you can even almost say that he was brought in outside of the uh, of the young driver program because they sacked him and brought him back because he didn't have any other drivers. So it feels weird, and the car doesn't doesn't seem. Like there was a time there where the um, Toro Rosso was a pretty competitive package, you know, as far as uh, when you, even when you like comparing it to the big boy team. Obviously, it's, it's always been in a bit of a shape, but there was always something to them. Whereas this that car they had there didn't seem to be. Didn't seem to be good enough to 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 like showcase them. Now either maybe that's the people I've got in. Um, I happen to think that both drivers that are in Tor- uh, AlphaTauri at the minute are not useless, but they're useless being in that team because neither of them are going to get back to the big boy team. So as soon as they probably change both those drivers, the better. Then maybe AlphaTauri will feel like what it's there for. Eleventh, uh, Nick. Uh, Joe, what? Danny Kvyat must have retired in the last lap as well, mm, and I can't and I just can't remember seeing it because that would be the only reason that ne- Nicholas Latifi would be ahead of anybody. Nicholas Latifi drove a quiet race. He was like constant, like outmatched by his teammate. Uh, I don't think. Uh, I think Robert Kubica would have probably been closer to Russell than Latifi was. I don't think we can properly look at Latifi as a actual rookie either because he's had so much time in the car. He's had so many uh, FP1s and stuff. So uh, if this is going to be the year that Nicholas Latifi's getting, I think it's going to be a little bit of a shock to him. And I think maybe um, he's given a, he's been given a car, which isn't particularly good. And I think he might be up against a driver, which is particularly special. Um Sebastian Vettel, 10th and a point. Now, I'm a Vettel apologist, as you all know. Half of me does it because I quite like him. I think he seems like quite a nice guy. Another bit of me likes uh, does it because I think he's a four-time world champion and should be treated with respect. And I don't believe that you win four world championships by accident. And I still think he's one of the best drivers ever to come into Formula One. Uh it was a unforced error. It was a silly mistake. Like he will be, will be kicking himself as we record this podcast. Uh, he will not be happy with himself. But I, uh, I can't help noticing that when he was when he was working his way through the grid, he was quicker than Charles Leclerc up until that accident. Now, and he also radioed in and said he damaged the car. So I think if he hadn't have spun, he'd have probably been on the podium because I think he'd have, I had him down before that, like looking at his pace, I had him down to finish ahead of Charles Leclerc. I, I, th- I think he would have done. So I don't know if it's complete, uh, if it's complete doldrums for Sebastian Vettel. It's not good. Like the, this is not, this is not a good time by any stretch of the imagination. But we're just, we're just gonna have to see what happens with him. But uh, I really hope he can get he gets another drive. I really because his time in Formula One it's not over. He, he needs somewhere else, somewhere else that's gonna sort of nurture him without all the Ferrari nonsense that goes on. 
yeah, I, I, I felt for Sebastian Vettel, but and that car looked like such a dog to handle, such a dog. We'll, we'll talk a little bit like for a little bit more about Ferrari before we go. Uh, Giovinazzi in the Alfa Romeo was ninth. Good drive from Giovinazzi. Uh, even though, like, I, I thought halfway through the race, this was another race where Giovinazzi sort of showed he doesn't deserve to be there, but a solid race saw him up into the points. Um, Esteban Ocon, he again, I'm saying Ocon, really weird. Um, like I said, he was totally outshined by Daniel Ricciardo this weekend. But when all the, when, when everyone crashes and falls out of the race and breaks down, um, you're going to find yourself eight at eighth, Esteban. So you got yourself some points on your de- on your re-debut. Uh, Pierre Gasly in the Alpha Tauri was seventh again. One of the one of those situations. Now looking at that, that was that's a really really good result for him. But I. It was such chaos, such chaos, because they didn't really look like scoring points, I don't think, for most of the race. And then all of a sudden, stuff happens, one's there. Uh, Sergio Perez was sixth. That was a real shame for uh, Racing Point, because I think they've got a better car than sixth. And I, I thought he was going to get himself on the podium at one point. Uh, and I had money for money on him to get a podium. So that was not fun, but... I, it wasn't a huge amount. I was going to win. I was going to win fifty pounds, uh, and I think I would. I'm. I'm. I'm content with the happiness for who got third than I am uh, with the fifty pounds that I've had in my pocket. Uh, but yeah, I, I think next weekend. Now, like, like lots of this stuff's going to filter out. I think for next weekend because they. Uh, They've essentially just run like it's. It's not even a simulation. They've just run the race. They're going to run again. So it's going to be so interesting. It's going to be so interesting to see what teams do. You're going to have so many more teams, I think, trying to get onto the hard tire in Q two because they'll want to start the race on it. So many like that's that's going to be interesting because you're going to have lower teams like forcing the other teams to maybe take a risk on the hard on the medium tire. That's uh, because also Max Verstappen proved you can do it too. So that that's going to be really interesting. We've never had this before, not to my knowledge. Maybe maybe it happened years and years ago, but you've never had two Grand Prix raced like one after another in the same place before. Like just that adds intrigue to how the teams are going to handle it. Uh, Carlos Sainz was fifth. Good race from Carlos. Um, what like it's. He was quiet. He he was quiet. He got on with it. He um he he worked his way up because I think he was he did he start sixth or seventh? I can't remember where he start where he was in qualifying. But um a good race, a handful of points, uh strong showing just from McLaren in general, I think. Uh given what we've had as like I'm a, a bit of a McLaren fan, more a driver guy than a team guy. But I do support. I've it's it's always been the way that like guys I tend to like have ended up in McLaren. So uh, there's always been someone driver for McLaren that I had an interest in. Be it like Kimi or Mika or David Coulthard. You know, there's always been someone there I've quite liked. And uh, obviously with Lando and especially Ricardo going there next year, it's the same now. Um, obviously, obviously Jensen Button, but I don't need to tell you guys my ongoing love for Jensen Button. Um, Lewis Hamilton fourth after his penalty. We've already discussed his penalty. I think it was a racing incident. I think it was a harsh judgment. Um, I don't know. I don't. I, I why it's why and if 
is not really worth talking about. Um, it, I think it's one of those penalties that on the day with different uh, race stewards, it probably would have been a different result. You know, it's if you'd have had it had like it, it was probably down to whoever they had as the driver representative on the panel. Yeah, you know, if you'd have had maybe somebody that was a bit more bashy bashy, probably wouldn't have got the penalty. So I don't know who the driver steward was. Uh, or even if they've got driver stewards, actually, with the bubble thing, maybe they haven't got them this uh, uh, at the moment with, with all the COVID nonsense. Uh, third, and one of the most popular podiums I think we've seen for a long time. Turns out that in 2018, I put a video of um, uh, Lando Norris uh, winning a race, or he either won it or he was second or third, he was on the podium anyway, in a GP2, and uh, he jumped off the podium and did his champagne bottle and started spraying people. It was dead cool. And uh, I said, I hope we see that in Formula One one day. And lo and behold, someone found the tweet that I did two years ago. This is how people get cancelled, by the way, kids. Um, someone found the tweet and reposted it. I thought, fucking cool. I was... I was right, we will see it in Formula 1 because we just did, even though it was on a rubbish podium that was like two centimetres off the ground. Why I don't understand why we're not using the real podiums. They're still outside. Why wouldn't we just use the real podiums? I don't know. Anyway, uh, Lando getting third was brilliant. His lap, if you haven't watched it, his lap with Team Radio is well worth finding on Twitter or YouTube or wherever else you you can look for it. Um, When you look at the gap between him and Lewis, he had to get the lap record to get third. It was tremendous stuff, like tremendous. Um, I jumped out of my seat when he got that. When, when, When he hit the lap record... And it, and like before it was like spoken over the television, it, it popped up like four point whatever seconds it was. I jumped up like he just scored a winning goal in the World Cup. It was absolutely unreal. You'd think he'd have won the race by my reaction. Uh, he uh, he's my new boy. Like he has been since he came in, and uh, I I really want him to do well. Really, really, really want him to do well. Uh, Charles Leclerc was second fucking miracle it's a fucking miracle Charles Leclerc was second how is Charles Leclerc second he didn't have the car for it I've been very critical of old Charles for quite a long time I still think that was quicker than him though remember that uh and I'm amazed I'm amazed he managed to get get that car onto the podium I think he was amazed as well uh Valtteri Bottas obviously won the race. He drove a Valtteri Bottas race. It was he was quick. He was a little bit slower than Hamilton. Hamilton was hassling him. I think without the uh, issues that those cars were having, I think he'd have had problems. Um, even even if it hadn't been from the clout with um, Albon, I th- I still don't believe that Lewis Hamilton wouldn't have left it till like the the last lap and thought, well, I'm probably not going to break the car in the last lap and stuck everything up and tried to get past him because um, we might look back on the first race come the end of the year, especially if Lewis Hamilton just carries on and bees a Lewis Hamilton that we know he is. We might look back on this 
like clout with Albon and this podium Lewis missed out on, and that could be what cost him the world championship. Um, I don't think I, I if it had been a, if if this was a normal year with a normal amount of races because we still don't know how many races we're going to have. We hope we're going to have some outside of Europe. We hope so, but we will just have to wait and see. I think we probably will. To be perfectly honest, I think we're going to have a uh, like the Abu Dhabi uh, Grand Prix might go ahead. The uh, China want to do two races. That's a bit uncomfortable for me, if I'm perfectly honest. I've already said I might like. I, well, I said I won't, to be perfectly honest. But we'll have to. We'll have to see. We'll have to, you know, if you guys, if you guys really want me to do podcasts uh, about those two Grand Prix, I will. I will do it for use. But the idea of what's happened to the world, and then just going, oh, we'll go back to China, have two races, be great. Uh, I that doesn't sit well with me. Like considering that even now the uh, the fact I have a Huawei mobile phone, I have a Huawei mobile phone. Even having that doesn't sit well with me these days because of what's gone on. So I can't help it. It's just not like it's not. It's not particularly a government I want to support. So I feel it's weird if we go back there and have a race. Uh, but I do think we're going to get races outside of Europe. Well, uh, but I, 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 given where we are with COVID at the moment, I can only see the situation slowly beginning to to dampen down and stop. So I, I, I hope so, and I, I, then I hope I hope we I hope we end up with a real real season next year, like a real proper I'm a real boy type season. Uh, I've got a couple of bits of news for you, one of which I think I just deleted, but it's okay. I don't think that was interesting. Um, First of all, Mercedes. Mercedes say they have identified the gearbox issue and they believe they can fix it for the next Grand Prix, which is pretty good going because the next Grand Prix is in four days. (laughs) So that's a bit crazy. So yeah, hopefully it maybe maybe it's a dead easy thing to fix. Maybe it's not a dead easy to fi- easy thing to fix, and maybe they're just saying it because they don't want people to think their cars are going to break again. Uh, and I think the cars that were reliable, if the teams can work out why they were reliable and make sure they're going to be reliable again, I think they can force Mercedes into breaking their cars, which is what I think Red Bull are going to try and do uh, if they can make their cars last. So yeah. Um, Hopefully there's a there's an answer for the gearbox problem. He did say that the problem they had would have if it would have happened was like an insta kill and uh bye bye cars. So yeah. Um Christian Horner. Christian Horner has criticized Lewis Hamilton and said he needs to change the way he races. I mean does he really need to change the way he races? Like six world championships later. Does he need to change the way he races? I don't. I don't think he probably does. I think he probably needs to keep going just the way he is, Christian. Just the way he is, because uh, it seems to be working pretty well for him. He's also the cleanest driver on the track. This happens very often. Very, sorry, very rarely. Think about the last time Lewis Hamilton got a time penalty. Someone is going to pop up and say three races ago. Oh, fuck you. Uh, yeah. So Christian Horner wasn't happy. And the interesting bit of news, which I had for you, was Ferrari, Ferrari's power unit. Now, we all know Ferrari's power unit last year was what you would call suspect. 
um, there was there was a behind closed door agreement made with the FIA in which they have said they won't do something, they won't tell the other teams what they were doing. We all suggest, uh, suspect they were cheating a lot, like loads, cheating loads to nearly a second's worth, it would appear, because they've lo- lost 0.7 of a second. That's a lot of time. It's a lot of time to be losing over a winter period. Uh, I will also point out, and this is why I think Ferrari are in much worse shape than they seem to be, especially after that podium. As I said before, it's a fast circuit, Austria, but it's not an engine circuit. That's why Jensen Button had his best finish in a Honda McLaren there. I think he qualified third and he finished fourth? No, sixth. He was sixth. Sixth or fourth, one of the two, I can't remember. Um, Yeah, in that Honda McLaren, which was an absolute dog. So it's not an engine-dependent circuit. And I think... The that 0.7 is kind of where McLaren were on the in the engine stakes compared to the other teams when they had Hondas in the back of them. So when you take these cars, so we probably won't see this until Italy, maybe or Spa. Um, I know they've got um, aero updates, but they've they've said that they they think the engine problem is something that's going to take them some time to get over it, and maybe not till next year. Um, that's because when you cheat and someone calls you up on it, it's not something you can fix overnight. Because if you could fix it overnight, you wouldn't be cheating; you'd just be doing it right, but better. Um, I I think they're going to really struggle. Like I I think you might see F- Ferrari at like the at the back of the top midfield teams, like behind Renault, behind um, uh, Racing Point, behind McLaren, uh, I just can't. I can't see how you can carry a not point not point seven by disadvantage around Austria, and it not absolutely screw you in someone like Spa. So that's where I am with it, anyway. Uh, we have another race this weekend, so you are going to get another hot lap later on in the week. Uh, if, oh, sorry, this this time next week. If uh, there is anything like I did the other day, if any, anything massive jumps out of the air, I'll come back and do a, another YouTube video probably because the uh, like the short short things work better on YouTube. I'm always going to do the longer podcast, which is available on YouTube and on the podcast app. Um, other than that, if you enjoy what I'm doing and you're glad and you're happy I'm doing the YouTube stuff, let me know. It's always good. It's always good to get some positive recognition for something. Um, if you want to help me out, go to the Musty Audio Patron. Just look on Patreon and look for Musty Audio, and uh, you can sign up to one of the uh, like the tiers there. All the tiers do the same thing on like Musty Audio. It's more of a tip jar. Think of my Patreon as a tip jar, just to help me keep doing things like this like microphones and this weird little office i've got um other than that you can tweet me at a total shunt that's a total shunt um and i'm i'm really active on twitter i don't use facebook a massive amount um but i'm i'm always on twitter i'm i'm addicted to it i'm I I am. I'm also a total shunt on Parlour if you're interested in 
um, doing that. Because sooner or later I'm going to say something and they're going to take the Twitter away from me, probably. I just don't have enough people at the moment. They probably could have done it ages ago, but I'm just not important enough. But as soon as they start taking like the little guys out with like a thousand followers, I'm scooped. Um, so yeah, you could also follow me on Parler and uh, Instagram. There's an total shunt on Instagram and I don't post lots of stuff there because my life's not that interesting. Uh, I will see you next week. Thank you for watching the video. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Bye-bye. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>